0: the impact of even having a meaningful connection to one person drastically changes your health outcome for a number of metrics. It has been shown to increase your longevity by upwards to eight years. It's been shown that your social relationships at the age of 50 determine your health at 80. Like There is a very
1: strong link between social connection and our overall health and well-being. Welcome to the wellness, Witch podcast I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. Mine definitely is because it has been sunny and warm and hot, and I can enjoy my backyard. And I don't have to wear a million layers of clothes to go outside and walk the dog. I am like literally feeling that winter gray skies, that cold veil just lifted. And I feel so much better for it and so energized. And maybe you are as well. And I'm so happy for these next few warm, summery months. I'm looking forward to it. So, today I'm really excited to be chatting with my friend, Dr. Michelle Paris. She is a naturopathic doctor, and we are talking about community and social relationships, which is so important. It's a really big part of the health puzzle. And, you know, when I think about community and I think about many of the programs that we have launched online, like the group coaching programs, sometimes I will hear from women saying that. They prefer just one-to-one coaching and they don't think they're going to work really great inside a group coaching program and do they have to share and they just don't know if it's really for them. And let me tell you, in my experience of all these years of coaching, the amount of transformations and testimonials we get from women in the community group programs is amazing. I feel like we don't realize how important that community is And especially being able to connect with others who are having the same issues as us and symptoms and having other women that can just really understand you is huge. And it's a really huge part of healing. So I'm so excited to have this conversation and really how community is medicine. So that's really what we're diving into today. We're talking about why our social relationships are an essential vital sign of health. We also talk about how to leverage social support and sisterhood as a way to recover from burnout. And no, that doesn't just mean asking for help. It goes way beyond that. We talk about social stress, whether it's perceived or actual and how it can impact our physiology. And we also talk about sticking to a health plan and having a strategy and how group health can actually help this. So my guest is Dr. Michelle Paris. She is a naturopathic doctor, community builder, speaker, women's empowerment advocate, and mother. She is also the clinic director of the Poppy Clinic. She is also the host of the Rebel Talk podcast and the creator of the community health initiative, the Wild Collective. So let's dive into our conversation. Enjoy. If you're looking for a CBD oil that is always organic and always transparent, my go to is Eaten Hemp. I absolutely love their full spectrum extra strength CBD oil. It is fantastic to use if you're dealing with PMS symptoms, anxiety, moodiness, especially those PMS cramps. And another product that I love from them is their infused super self. You can rub this over your stomach. If you're dealing with cramping or anywhere that you might be experiencing some inflammation, their super self is infused with 500 milligrams of CBD per stick. Plus, it has some amazing arnica-infused MCT oil in there and some peppermint essential oil and birch bark, which is also really anti-inflammatory. They have some fantastic products. Check them out over at eatenhemp.com and save 20% with the coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi, I'm so excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to have you and to dive into our conversation today. And before we do that, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah, sure. So my name is Dr. Michelle Paris, and I am a naturopathic doctor, and I've had the wonderful privilege of practicing in naturopathic medicine for the last 12 years. And you know, my journey actually started off in sports medicine. It evolved into women's health. And you know, mom and baby healthcare when I had my own children. And then, you know, seven years into clinical practice, I started to really feel like I was craving more. I wasn't getting enough consistent results in my one-on-one practice that was like satisfying to me. And you probably know this, it's like, we got in this to be of service to humanity, to really make a meaningful impact or ripple in the growing health trends that are not moving in the direction I desire. And I I just was inundated with all of this literature and exciting information about um, social connection and longevity. And that really started to just create something on the inside of me, which became like a a, a magnificent obsession. I was, I was just totally committed to figuring this out. Um, even though I felt like it was going to be quite the endeavor of like convincing people to to start signing up for group health and community. And it's really interesting too, because before I had that information, you know, how important social connection is to, um, our overall health outcomes and our ability to even stick to a plan, Um, I was really not screening patients for social isolation and loneliness. It just wasn't part of the conversation. And so, you know, everything happens exactly how it's supposed to. And all of this fell into place when I was meant to learn it. And I opened up a a clinic at that time and we built this beautiful, well built, we just searched, I didn't build anything, (laughs) um, a clinic that had a community space as a part of our clinical offering. And that really, um, tailspin me into my new obsession or ongoing obsession with, you know, um, making group health, a part of the normal articulation of how we consume and become empowered with respect to health and how we get meaningful lasting results. And so I created a group program called the wild collective and, and it, did superbly after begging people to join the first time. (laughs) Um, But it had this beautiful traction where it was selling out and we had wait lists and women were getting a huge amount of value. And all of a sudden, like we were having way better, more strategic conversations one-on-one. They were actually getting the results that they desired. They felt supported. They felt heard. They were moving through trauma like they never even thought they were making They were connecting dots that I don't think they even connected. There's so many obstacles to cure that we don't even realize influence or impact our health. And all of a sudden hearing other women share their story, they, they didn't feel like this little alien or unicorn on this pursuit of health that maybe has gone gluten-free, dairy-free or whatever you assign with, um, they, they were with their people. And all of a sudden these women were really starting to make incredible shifts, not only in their health, but in their life. And that to me just became like this beautiful aha moment. Like there is a more efficient way. There's a way better way for people to obtain this information and to make better use out of their one-on-one appointments. Because as you probably know, we never expected to be talking about the benefits of hydration day in and day out because people aren't even drinking water. And so totally. we like, mismanaged or just didn't see actually what was going to be the best in the best interest of public health. And once I discovered that I couldn't unsee it. And so my practice totally evolved through stepping away from one-on-one and now we actually, you know, have packaged up the wild collective and I trained the doctors to implement this into their communities. And Amazing. I am doing work within the wild collective and supporting and coaching women that way. And it's just been the most wonderful journey. And you, you know, you, you probably know this too, but like when you find what you're meant to do and what, how you're best serving people, there's just no better feeling than that. Um, And now you can truly show up because you just feel like you're so aligned and in your authority. And, uh, it's just a really wonderful place. So I'm so grateful for how I got here. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I feel like I'm doing the work I'm, I'm really meant to do and and serving women in the capacity I am meant to serve and support them.
1: I love that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. It's like, you're in your zone of genius and there was nothing better than that. Right. And I know how, as I'm sure you probably heard this from so many of your clients, like the resistance that people have against doing group health. And they're just like, no, that's not for me. Like, I just need your one-to-one time. And I, and I understand that I get that, but it's like that thing we never knew we needed. And then you dive into it. Cause I run tons of group programs and I so see the value and the community that gets built and the stories that get shared. And it's just a really beautiful thing to be able to witness that as I'm sure that you've seen. And you probably had that resistance with some people too in the beginning, right?
0: I still have that resistance. Yeah. <laughs> like I I pray that my legacy, when I like, you know, move on beyond the earth, that people like will understand the value of group health because we are disrupting the medical model because we've all been taught that there's one way to, to move through health. You right. have a primary, you see specialists, you go for your blood work, you take your plan. And if you're really revolutionary, you have an integrative practitioner on your team and they make individualized plans or lifestyle recommendations. And so there's all these pieces that we accept as as the way we do medicine is the way we cultivate or curate health. And so when you're positioning a new offer, people are like, eh, that sounds especially group, but like totally sounds terrifying. Like "I'm, you yeah. want me to do what with other people? Like, no, thank you. Totally. Uh, except for exactly what you say. They have like a little taste and they're hooked. They're like, this is so powerful. I never knew this was the medicine that I needed. And now that totally. I've arrived, I I can't get rid of them, right? Yeah, gratefully, I, they're, they're my favorite humans to work with. But like, it, it it's that it it has that propensity to once once you know the value of it, it, it it's something we're definitely open to. And so I will be so audacious to speak for it and to advocate for it until it becomes so normal. Mm-hmm. That maybe then I can take on something new. But like I, I'm up for the
1: challenge right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's so great. Well, I mean, our social relationships are, are really a really essential part of health and our well-being. So let's talk about that and like why why that is building these social relationships. Why is that a vital sign of our health?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, this was something I just didn't have the understanding or awareness, how valuable this was. And, you know, our mess is our message. I really struggled with social connection early on in life. Like it was a continuous challenge. I I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I felt like a total alien. Like when, when will this all align and I actually know how I felt and I didn't have great health and I emotionally ate and I had really unhealthy habits. It was very hard for me to feel rooted in anything because I felt so um Disenfranchised with life. I did I didn't understand the value of social connection. And then I find miraculously, I find naturopathic medicine. And for the first time, I find my people who celebrate my quirkiness, who you know, um think that my assets or you know have been labeled liabilities are something that contributes to the relationship, that contributes to bonding. And all of a sudden, like everything felt possible to me. Like everything was achievable. And that, that was something that stuck in the back of my mind of just like the power of, of connection. When I started to see the research seven years into clinical practice, when I started to see how, you know, social isolation and loneliness impacts our physiological health the same as breaking a bone that we have the exact same response and you would tend to your broken bone. I hope if, if, if that were to happen and yet, because of societal norms, because we come from a culture where maybe we're not sharing our emotional unwell-being, like our our not distress, let's say emotional distress, we start to pack that away and not recognize that it has the exact same physiological effect. And in fact, it's so harmful to our health. It's, it's like smoking 15 cigarettes per day or drinking six alcoholic beverages. And you and I know we would be having a very real conversation with our patients or our friends if they were engaging in unhealthy habits like that. And so that's the part that for me that became like that inconvenient truth. Like I'm not even screening for this in my practice. I'm not even asking people what their social relationships are like. Do they feel connected to one person? Because the impact of even having a meaningful connection to one person drastically changes your health outcome for a number of metrics. It has been shown to increase your longevity by upwards to eight years. It's been shown that your social relationships at the age of 50 determine your health at 80. Like there is a very strong link between social connection and our overall health and well-being. And when that really became in in my awareness, it it was something that I felt like compelled to be like, every person needs to know this and every person needs to prioritize. It needs to go from a nice to have to a must have. It needs to go really high on that priority list because the survival outcomes of certain cancers. We've studied cervical cancer. It had a 27% survival advantage. Women who had social relationships, women who have had a heart attack, if they have strong uh, social relationships, it improves improves their ability to live beyond that by Mm -hmm. 50%. It reduces cognitive decline by 91%. It's like, what drug has that statistic and yet we're not like hey especially in the last two years by the way social relationships are unbelievably important for your health mm-hmm. this needs to be a priority it's not a nice to have it is a must have and you should do everything at all costs to work on social relationships and i feel it is that strong and I, and i think the articulation needs to be understood how powerful that is so that people are actually putting it on the priority list because In especially in our society where we're so driven to be productive to achieve, right, often social relationships fall down and there's consequences to that. And I I think if people actually understood, they might prioritize things differently and actually, you know, and you know sometimes we think health is so complicated, right? right? The latest trend or like what blood work or whatever, and it's like this is free. Yeah. Like this is so exciting to me that this is so accessible to everybody and everybody, everybody wins. Yeah. So,
1: totally. I mean, I feel like a lot of the free tools are always undermined. We don't yeah. really see the value. We in can't them.
0: make money off of
1: them. Is yes. that what you're saying? Basically. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so true. Yeah. I, and I mean, I know from being an entrepreneur and working at home, like after years and years of just like, being isolated by myself behind my laptop. It was like, Oh my God, I need to see people. Like, I can't, I can't do this. And so it was so important for me to carve out time in my schedule to like, go see friends and go for lunches or go to a community workspace. At one point in my entrepreneurial journey, I went and I worked in a clinic one day a week, just so that I could be around colleagues and friends and like see people because again, it can be really isolating, like you said. So I totally get that. And then all that's happened in the past two years with the pandemic. I mean, I'm curious to know like what you've seen in your, like, did you have more people reaching out for wanting that community support? Like, what did that look like?
0: That's such an interesting question. I mean, what I was amazed by because The most hilarious thing is that when we were scaling this whole model, it was like an in-person experience, and overnight, all of our lives changed. Like for sure, and no one was prepared to to cope with that, and so we had to very quickly pivot and figure out how we were going to create community in a virtual space. Which for me felt terrifying because the magic kind of took care of itself in in a circle. Like it was like it took so much pressure off me, the facilitator. Like I knew I knew the circle could handle it, so. That that was a very interesting time. And what did impress me early on in the pandemic was how many women maintained their commitment to our community and how much benefit they received through staying a part of something when there was so much uncertainty, there was a grounding force for them, a safe place. And those participants have stayed committed and everything we create beyond like they stay in like they understand the value and they have been, um, they contributed in a meaningful way and they, they benefit in a, in a meaningful way. I would say as of September of last year, I started to see a global collective numbness and a slight aversion to zoom slight bigger <laughs> yes, than slight, probably. Than, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and, and, I, I found like what worked for us to get women interested in what we were doing prior to the pandemic was there were, it was crickets. Was, they were unresponsive. They would rather, I'm going to generalize. So not every person, but they would rather they, there was, there was a collective hopeless helplessness feeling. And I, I felt it too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, I would felt very aware of how they must be feeling, but there was a, probably an increased desire to be on Netflix and having a glass of wine rather than feeling their feelings. And so I had to like pivot really quick and be like edutaining, like, how do I become more important? (laughs) How do I get your attention when you'd rather watch Emily in Paris? And that became my new pursuit because it was like these poor women and everybody globally, but I obviously like work in, in communities of women who have had to, Compromise their work, work from home, juggle online learning, mm-hmm. figure out how to prioritize social like all of these things, massive stress and no end in sight. I really do feel like there was a shift, and people would like were pulling back versus leaning in. And unless right. I was so unbelievably determined to change that, um i I probably would have been like, this isn't going to this isn't going to happen, right. I, I think there was an increased readiness. We had some of our biggest launches early in the pig, early in the pandemic, and then it was like, "Oh no, when are we getting out of this?" And so it really yeah. started to concern me. And you know, like all the statistics on mental health, we know how much people are are suffering right now, and yeah. we want, we desire for them to be prioritizing their mental health and their social well being. However, the human spirit has a really tough time with not knowing what's going to with so much uncertainty. And I think sure. by our third or fourth lockdown in Canada, we were like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah, it was yeah. hard. And yeah. I have so much compassion. And so I started sending people like voice love notes. Like how, how can I let you know how much we care and we are concerned and we know the best place for you to be is working on yourself in a community of other like-minded women. Like how do I get your attention? Yeah, And Absolutely. I had to be that
1: savvy. <laughs> For sure. No, it's important. And I, I acknowledge you for doing that because you took the step forward to, you know, bring people together and give them the thing that again, they didn't really know that they needed or how, or, or realize how valuable that was going to be to get them out of their funk.
0: Yeah. Cause to your point, when you start to become numb and hopeless a bit, you start to think that there's no, you're alone. You Mm -hmm. feel like you must be the only one going through that. and like it doesn't matter. And until you have the opposite, until you have nourishment and support and connection and feelings of joy, you're like, I had no idea I was that unhappy. It was just so slow and long that we, I think our mood just started to steadily decline to the point of not taking action for ourselves. Like our priorities shifted. And if we could capture them and get their attention, then they could, they can join us and, and see the value. But yeah. I mean, for sure, these last two years have been tremendously
1: difficult on everyone. I'm quickly interrupting our episode to chat about my smoothie. Yes, my smoothie, because it is delicious and I am sipping on it right now. And it is a combination of the Organifi Complete Protein in Vanilla, with some frozen mango, some almond milk, a little bit of cinnamon, and some almond butter. And it is so good. It is so refreshing. I feel that my body really starts to crave more fresh fruits and salads at this time of year because – i'm really kind of acclimatizing and i'm drawn to seasonal foods that's really what feels right for me so i like to eat more warming foods in the fall and winter and now that the sun is shining and it's been so warm and so beautiful out i've been making my daily smoothie and i've been craving it first thing in the morning i'm a really big fan of the organifi complete protein they are organic And it's also glyphosate residue free, which I do not know of any protein on the market that has that verification. They're also non-GMO and you are going to get 20 grams of plant protein. It's going to keep you satiated and fuller for longer. It has lots of vitamins and minerals in there that are derived from whole food sources like fruits and vegetables, pea and quinoa. And it also has some digestive enzymes, which is really going to support a healthier gut and really help you to. Break down the protein and everything that you put into your shake that much more efficiently. I am pretty particular with my proteins, especially if it's plant based, because so many of them on the market are really chalky and not this one. I absolutely love the complete protein in vanilla. They also have chocolate available as well. And you are getting hooked up with 20% off over at Organify. So use the code WellnessWitch. And you are going to head on over to the URL organifyshop.com forward slash pages forward slash wellness switch. Now, I know it's a long URL, but that's what's going to help you lock in your 20% off. Again, that URL is organifyshop.com forward slash pages forward slash wellness switch. And be sure to use the code wellnesswitch at checkout to save 20% off site-wide. Yeah, I know. I feel like, I feel like it didn't hit me until the beginning of this year. Yeah. There was this moment of just like, I don't want to do anything. I am so tired. I don't want to talk to anybody. What is wrong with me? I don't want to work out. I like it really, that's the feeling I had. And then it was just like, oh, this realization of the weight of the past two years, just kind of like, I felt it all in that moment. And I was like, okay, this, this is what this feels like.
0: I mean, it's heavy, right? Yeah. It's a lot to carry. And we've asked a lot of, of, of individuals to, to handle pressure. Um, all I, all I believe for the higher and best good. However, we grew we all most of us grew up in times that were not this challenging and we just didn't have the social right. resiliency mental emotional resiliency to cope. And so the longer it goes on, I felt the same as you. It's like it is really I mm-hmm. felt I felt my own helpless hopelessness. Like for sure. This
1: is you know, this yeah. this wears on you. I think we all like we're riding the waves of that up and down throughout mm-hmm. <laughs> through these past two years for sure. Mm-hmm. So you know, I know that when it comes to asking for help women, I mean, men as well. I mean, everybody can have their challenges with that. And so I think it's important to really leverage our relationships and create this sisterhood as a way to get out of these feelings, this funk and this burnout beyond just like asking for help. There's other ways, right? So what does that actually? look like outside of, yeah, don't, oh, you know, reach out to a friend, ask him for help and support. Like, sure. That's one way to get out of this, but I feel like it's a lot deeper than that. So what does that really look like?
0: So let me know if I'm on the right track with what you're asking, but what I, what I heard is sometimes we don't realize the value of taking the time to just open up and share. Like, I think we haven't, I think for many women and we've had lots of requests for men. So I mean, everyone, but mm-hmm. I just talk to a lot of women, but I think for a lot of us, we don't see what we're going through as important or valuable, or it's it's better to just like stuff it on, like stuff it in and and move beyond. And right. so we don't recognize the power of just even opening up. So. Recently, we've been talking a lot about how storytelling is medicine. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, the going beyond part, the part that I think we're not realizing is so powerful is just the willingness to open up. We had a session last night and we were talking about trauma as trauma. We were talking about brain health and we were talking about all these pieces. And I just started telling stories I'd never told anyone before. And before that would have derailed me and like, oh my gosh, who am I to do that? That's so vulnerable and unsafe. What if people reject me or whatever, but I've had enough years at this to know that when we do that, when we're brave enough to just like open up so much healing happens for ourselves and for the recipients of our story. So sometimes we overcomplicate healing, health, and medicine. and. When women decide that it's time to go beyond the surface level, to go beyond the day-to-day of what they're doing and just carrying on and putting one foot in front of the other because that's what everyone else appears to be doing. And they just like open up and they just find one safe person or commit to something where they start this journey of just like unpacking all of their stories What ends up happening is that they actually start to heal. And I think this whole concept of our biography becomes our biology is Mm -hmm. so powerful. And when I started to actually understand the value of that, I couldn't practice in the same capacity anymore because I couldn't unsee that. And still what was happening in the one-on-one model is that people were wanting to come and see, for lack of a better word, a green allopath. Right, so it was like, here's my problem. Give me a pill, yeah, and let me get out of it. I want the pill to be a supplement, yeah, but I would uh-huh. like a pill for my ill, yeah. And when I started having these conversations of like, but why are you looking at weight loss? Why are you hiding your body? Why are you sabotaging yourself? They were like, Yes, I never thought about that before. Yeah, and so I think what became the inconvenient truth for me to pivot and and transform how I was serving women was to help them see the value of vulnerability, the value of their storytelling. And when they actually were brave enough to start to just like, just share, not for seeking a solution, not for anything other than like, I just want to, I, no longer, wanna I mm-hmm. no longer want to carry this. I no longer want to hold this myself all all of a sudden everything started to unravel and their health would align and things would work out. And, you know, they, they felt much more happy. They were sleeping peacefully. They were ha- They were had more energy. And it was like, sometimes we want the easier route. And I think the easier, softer way is what got us to where we are right now. And the only way through this is to start having some real on, honest conversations and allowing for diversity and allowing for discomfort and healing to come up and not assign any meaning to it, but just to like recognize if, if from this conversation, you realize that your stories tell so much about why you do the things you do. Yeah. That social connection is so important for our health that if I just open up and start to share that, what, what will become possible. And for me, that is like super powerful because I just know that there's, there's so much power in that. Like when we actually start to switch it and stop looking for the quick, easy way and recognize that the only way through is to start actually unpacking all of it, I think everything beautifully aligns in a place. I have no idea if I've answered your question, but like, yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I just think we're at a point right now where, where we have to get really honest about what health and healing looks like and how exciting, how accessible that is. It is exciting. I promise if I've just terrified you with all the <laughs> vulnerability pieces, it's, it's not terrifying. It's, it's, and I, what I've learned is that women have this voracious appetite to learn more they want body literacy they want to know all the things and and they want to tell their story once they realize and recognize what that's going to mean for them on their journey towards i know we don't like the word healing but like towards transformed health towards being energized and where you desire to go those pieces have to happen together and when they do everything aligns perfectly and so i think We just, yeah, we just have to create a more honest conversation about what needs to happen or what we desire to happen for people so that they actually get the results that they were looking for. And I think that's done in group very
1: easily. Yes, I would agree. I would totally agree. And yeah, I mean, that's really what I meant is like, I think there's this surface level of just, hi, I need help or I have this symptom. Can you give me this thing or what do I do? And that's like a very surface level approach, but then there's something so much deeper that's tied to that symptom and tied to why you can't commit to your healing journey. You know, it's, it's, there's the story, like you said, it's, there's a story. And I think a lot of us are holding that in and we're not sharing it. And once we do, we realize the power that it has in truly healing. Sleep is a really big priority of mine because if we're not sleeping, we're not healing. And I really want to do everything I can to help you guys get a great night's sleep because I know how good it feels to wake up feeling refreshed and rested. I take magnesium and melatonin every night before bed, but there's been nothing that has gotten me over a two and a half hour sleep score on my REM and my deep sleep the way that Rishi mushroom has. Now, I've used other Rishi mushrooms in the past. I've used Rishi coffee. I'll take sometimes Rishi during the day, but the chill Rishi from Aversio Wellness I've been taking religiously for these past three months and my sleep scores are on fire. I track my sleep scores with my aura ring and every single night my REM and my deep is beyond two and a half hours. I wake up feeling so refreshed. And I don't wake up in the middle of the night to go pee. That is a huge sign of getting a really good quality deep sleep. What makes this product different is that is it it is a 15 to 1 reishi mushroom dual extract. What that means is it is highly therapeutic and very high dose. So it's really high potency. It's a potent adaptogen and reishi, you've probably heard lots about it. It's great for your stress. It's great for immune support but it really is going to offer you a lot of sleep support. So head on over to aversiowellness.com. Use the coupon code wellnesswitch at checkout. You can save 15% off site-wide. I'm a really big fan of it, and I can wait to hear how your sleep improves. If you're looking to increase resistance to stress and just really promote that calmness and optimize and support your nervous system, I highly recommend Rishi. I take two capsules before bed, roughly an hour or two before bed, right in the evening. And it has been amazing. So again, use the coupon code wellness, Switch over at aversiowellness.com to save 15% off site-wide.
0: None of us were really taught this stuff, right? So then we're like, so we're like, Oh, why would that matter? Why would my self-worth matter when, when you want me just to take my iron? And to improve my iron levels, to improve my thyroid function, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but I don't think I'm worthy. It's like, of course you can't comply. You Mm -hmm. don't think that you matter. Everyone's needs matter before yourself. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to make the nutrition change because you're afraid of being seen in your most intimate circle. And they may reject you. They may not support this radical idea of wanting to buy grass fed animal protein because they don't understand why. Right. So it's like, we don't realize it's actually has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the fact that, cause we make ourselves bad and wrong. Like we, we go for our six week follow-up. I'm sorry, Sam, I didn't take my iron. I know it was oh, really right. important for my thyroid. And it's like, right. hold on before we start making ourselves bad, mm-hmm. let's ask a better question. Why is it difficult for you to take this one pill? Totally. <laughs> right? And yeah. when we actually unpack that, and that's why we were talking about trauma yesterday, it was like, you could see their heads like exploding as was mine, because I'm going on the same journey they are. It's like, that's why my nervous system goes crazy when I see an email I'm not expecting. That's why I mm-hmm. have a difficult time taking my supplement. Like it's all the same thing. And when we start to go below the surface and we start to get real about what motivates our behavior, then all of a sudden we have a level of compassion and understanding for ourselves. We're not making ourselves bad or wrong for not being able to take said supplement. We're like, hold on. I've had 40 years where I believed I was unworthy. Maybe. I can recognize that I am worthy and I'm gonna do this from a different energy. I'm gonna do this from a place of self-compassion and because I deserve to have vibrant health and everything Sam is saying to me about my thyroid, I'm worthy of achieving that. And now this is a different motivation now. Now we have no problem with compliance. Now we have no really? issue with, because we, we've we shifted the, lo- the locus of control and we stopped looking outside for someone to fix us. And we realized, we're in the driver's seat of our health. And I think that's the thing you and I were both saying is like, when we go below the surface and we start to say you're in the driver's seat, like you get to have your health back. We're going to teach you body literacy Mm -hmm. and why you're maybe making the decisions you're making so that now you can start to actually look at that without making yourself bad or wrong, but be like, okay, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to get the same results or I can look a little bit deeper and heal the parts of me that need to be healed. And now I have no problem with whatever plan I'm delivered. And yeah. that to me is like elevated healthcare. It's really about putting women and individuals in the driver's seat. And now we'll actually see meaningful shifts in public health and we'll start moving the trajectory in the right way. For sure. We're so reliant on the surface level, quick fix. And yeah. If that was working, it would it would have worked. So right. we need to do something quick and fast and different.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, to your point, like I think in the health space, it's just become this, just like it is going to your doctor. Hey, give me the the drug. It's becoming very similar like that in the health space. Just give me the supplement, and it's not a fix. It's, it's sure it's helpful. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but it's one piece of a very big puzzle.
0: It's, it's needing a shift in awareness or consciousness. Like we live in a society where we have celebrated quick fixes. Mm -hmm. So then our thinking doesn't, automatic range. Cause we go to the integrative practitioner. are like, Oh, you want me to implement lifestyle? No, I wanted, I wanted the pill. I, 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 it was like one of my last patients in December. We laughed so hard. Cause she was like, no, Michelle, I had insulin resistance two years ago and you gave me an acetol, and you reversed my blood sugar and I was good. I lost the weight and life was great. And now you're telling me I'm hiding myself. I'm sabotaging my weight loss because I don't want to be seen by women. And that's why I'm gaining weight. And you want me to fix that? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you need to join me in the wild. This isn't, you know, she was so mad at me. It was the funniest conversation because it was like, she wanted inositol and I don't blame her for wanting inositol. Of course. I would love for it to be that simple. Yes. But if it were that simple, she would have stayed healed two years ago. 100%.
1: 100%. And I think the other thing that's really powerful to keep in mind here too, is like what worked for us two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, isn't necessarily necessarily the thing that's going to help support our transformation and our health. Now, like we are at a different stage in our life and age, all of the things. And that's, that's really important because we get caught up in this. Well, that worked for me two years ago. why, you know, what, I didn't change much. I'm still eating the same way. Or I'm still doing, nothing's changing what's going on. And it's recognizing that like, you need to evolve. This
0: is so hard for us to accept, right? It's like, we have such a negative connotation to this change. Like, uh, I'm so annoyed. It comes from a place of like lack of self-compassion where it's like, no, I'm this beautiful being who is constantly evolving and has so many biochemical processes happening at any given moment and like processing all these emotional pieces and stressful pieces. And of course it evolves. Like it'll be a beautiful place when we shift our thinking even from like, not like, Oh, why didn't, why doesn't this work now? This to like, of course, that makes total okay. sense. I'm a right. different person than I was two years ago and right. I'm gonna be compassionate. And I am gonna understand that you and I are on this journey and we're getting new answers for the new iteration of the woman that show, is in your office today. And I'm gonna be open to receiving what I need now to continue to keep this vessel thriving. That is such a different thought than what usually there's so much resentment towards ourselves. Like, why isn't this working? Like we're so hard and it will be a beautiful thing when we start to see women be more self-compassionate in the journey Mm -hmm. and recognize that change is the only certain thing. And we, we should welcome it and understand that that's just part of the process. And it's interesting because I'm now in my forties I'm entering that perimenopausal phase. And now every time I really have reframed this whole conversation, I love my period. I am like grieving the fact that I only have 10 years left with it. And that is, that is literally what I think every period. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is my source of wisdom and my, and I I know I'll evolve and I'll see it as a powerful thing then, but like all the time we've wasted being like this again, like, it's clear, like there's just so much possibility when we give women body literacy, when we give them empowerment, when we help them see the celebration that they already are, then they welcome all of these pieces. And they understand it's a very important, important process of the transformation, you know, and we've been talking all about like this perimenopausal piece of like, what does that actually mean? And, you know, for women I think we haven't felt celebrated. This is why we don't look forward to these pieces. And I think this is why it's hard for older women to connect with younger women because they don't think they think they have value and they have so much wisdom and value. Right. But that's just currently how society treats them, but like there's this beautiful way of looking at this phase in life of realizing it's like the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's, you know, it, it's the transformation and you have to let things go in order to be, in order to arrive to the next phase. And I I just think this was a total tangent but like well, that's okay. <laughs> i think when women shift and recognize have way more self compassion and move through the changes and evolution through that energy they won't be so resistant and they'll be so compassionate and understanding to the experience and they will be able to receive the help and they'll be able to actually thrive in all of those iterations of who they are because we know like as hormonal beings like we're mm-hmm. constantly in flux and change and there's always things okay. happening and so you know to have a little more tolerance and acceptance for ourselves versus like so much resistance to change i think is massive
1: totally and i think with that comes a lot of self responsibility too which has been really profound for me like really owning that and taking yeah. that that responsibility is just like it really Makes me feel like I'm in so much more control than I think over my emotions, over my physiology, over my psychology, all of that. If if that makes sense,
0: it makes total sense. And like yeah. I get so excited talking to you, but like <laughs> when when we have that recognition, like sometimes we don't see, like, there's so much power in that because you're in total control of your outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you know, as I've been studying like divine feminine and divine masculine and understanding all these pieces with respect to health, so many women fall into the category of like f- fractured feminine and, and being a victim to circumstance. And the harmful thing of that beyond like the obvious is that we think things happen to us and we need an right. external... So, Um, circumstance to change for us to evolve. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You have total control and all of the answers you've ever needed are already in your body. Like you already have everything you need. It's about getting a bit deeper than surface level to start recognizing that. And when we actually understand our, our actions and our behaviors and, and the way that we think, how we move through these pieces is just, from a much more empowered standpoint. And when we accept full responsibility, then we actually see the power that we have in terms of changing our outcome and our circumstance. And I think that should excite us, yes. not intimidate
1: us. Totally, 100% <laughs> agree, love that. Okay, last question before mm. I let you go, it's a big one. So I know that in these past two years, and I mean, I've known you for a while, this you know personal growth has always been a thing for you. and especially in these past few years, you know, you've done a lot of work in like really owning your voice, learning how to stand in duality and hold space for your community. What has that journey really looked like for you and the challenges <laughs> and all the things that You're have shown up? Me sweat.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a tough question for sure. Yeah, okay. So it is a priority. Someone just sent me flowers what a day. Amazing. Um, okay. Let's have a real conversation. What a beautiful, good question. You're good at this. Uh, it has, it's been a huge evolution. There's so, there has been so much change in the last two years. Um, there's been so much challenge and there has been so much division and anger and hatred. And I, for one did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have been on my own personal journey, Um, as a brand, we made a very important shift because we didn't realize our terminology was hurtful. We, um, I personally have tried my best to stand up for what I believe in and be so self compassionate and compassionate of others who are on their own journey, navigating through this with the information that they have. And that is really uncomfortable because I'll say my core wound Mm -hmm. is being loved and Mm. not worthy of love and and being rejected by people. So these last two years have challenged me in a way, like I said, you're making me sweat. They've challenged me in a way that has been continuously uncomfortable and thankfully for the work that I've done in mindset and um self-compassion, I understand that this discomfort is actually the way we're evolving and growing. So you start to like reframe that because that's for the sure. only way you're gonna survive. <laughs> yep, yep. But like I I had to get I had to turn off noise that wasn't serving me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I had to have heart to hearts. I had to be willing to have conversations. I had to make my own community that allowed me the space to think critically without feeling judged, a safe place to share. Um, As I was working through my stuff, like, you know, I'm really proud of my neighbors and I, because we'd had really strong social connection the whole time. And we've all navigated this so differently. And I think that is like so emblematic of like what I desire for the world is that how somehow we all did that none of us had the skill set to manage such diversity in politics and vac- vaccination status and um social isolation beliefs and like you name it we had yep. different takes and we yep. somehow grew stronger through that and it was it was this willingness of being uncomfortable or, like being okay with the discomfort and I think the evolution for me, and it's still growing, I'm still afraid of being rejected. And I've, I've posted stuff that has gotten me unfollowed and rejected and for called sure. out. And, um. and unfortunately I carry that a lot mm-hmm. and that does affect my mental health. But I also think as I grow into who I'm meant to be, there will, there will be this ownership of like, I can't hide anymore. I am her. And And I hope you see the value that I add. And if we differ, I hope we can um, celebrate our differences and have conversations that matter and that we both grow through that. Like, oh, I've never considered that. I don't want, I, you know, it's so interesting because I've always said, oh, we're a like-minded community. We're like-minded in our values in the sense of we want to create a space where everybody has value and every Emotion, feeling, opinion is worthy of being heard. That's what we stand for. If your opinion is different than mine, that is okay. Let's have a conversation. And I'll say, being triggering has allowed me to have conversations I wouldn't have otherwise had. So, therefore, I'm grateful. Some people just wanted to like cancel me. Some people wanted to call me names. Okay. That's, I, I have to understand that's part of it. But the people who wanted to be like, I don't understand you. And I'm really like, I'm, I'm struggling to understand you right now, but I'm reaching out to you. Those were the most amazing conversations I got to have because it's all of a sudden it was like, I hear what you're hearing and here's what I'm seeing. And I'm trying to figure this out too. So can we, can we move through this fellow human in a way that we carry each other and we don't make each other bad and wrong for holding different values and let's not collapse ideas and say because you have this you're this therefore Correct. you know like how do we move through this in a way that is um respectful of each other's beliefs and 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 have immense compassion and and love for each other and i think i never thought the triggering thing would be to be like i love all people and <laughs> i want us to have tough conversations but that mm-hmm. seems to be very triggering and i i do think we're coming on the other side of like seeing that in life form and being like, okay, can we all try something different here? But, um, the last two years have been very hard emotionally and very challenging. And I've wanted to quit and hide under a rock and never be seen again. Honestly, there are many of those moments. Um, and I hope that my choice to share in a way that's comfortable for me that, um, that helps contribute to a conversation that allows for diversity to be the new thing that we create acceptance around, um, diversity of thought. Um, just like, as we keep learning new information of how we have, like, we need to have compassion for things we never considered before and acceptance and learn
1: and unlearn same thing. Amazing. Well, I love that. And I think a lot of people share in that core wound as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. myself included, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, if anything, I think these past two years has just really helped me to build my level of emotional intelligence. And so, and I really acknowledge you for being able to move through it with such grace. And so thank you for that. And yeah, that was very beautifully articulated. So Thank thank you. Thank you so much. So where can our audience find you and connect with you? Well,
0: as always, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate and value your work so much. Um, you. you can find me, I'm most active, although Sam would tell you I'm not, on, on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> at Dr. Michelle Barris. Um, you can check us out. If you want to check our global community out, it's um, the, this is so embarrassing, the-wild-collective.com. Okay. Um, someone else owns the
1: other URL and I can't right. get a hold of them. So <laughs> you can find me there. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. It was so great connecting. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you would like to connect with Michelle Paris, you can find her on Instagram at paris. You can also head to thewildcollective.com. It's actually the-wild-collective.com. And you can also head on over to her website, michelleparis.com, if you would like to learn more about her and her clinic and her community health initiatives. We would love it if you can share this with any friends and family that can benefit from today's episode. And thank you so much for being with us today. I'll chat with you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for being with me today. If there's anybody that you know that can benefit from today's episode, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet left us a rating and a review, we would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I'll connect with you next week.